Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. Not all mental clutter is inherently bad in terms of its content. When you're a multi-passionate, a creator, an innovator, mental clutter is self-generating. Information overload can come from the excitement of research and ideas and networking that we do for all of those passion projects. That infinite resource of our brain and the ideas that come from it can create the clutter. I mean, that can be an amazing thing. It is a superpower. But the problem is that even the best things can act badly depending upon the environment. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a coach certified in time and stress management, helping overwhelmed clients make space for what matters. Join me each episode as we explore ways to live a more proactive, productive life with topics and guests that speak to simplifying, self-awareness, systems, and so much more. I understand overwhelm personally as a fellow multi-passionate entrepreneur, wife and mom to kids and cats, and former caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and today I'm sharing one of my favorite topics, decluttering, from a slightly different perspective. We've talked about clutter many times on the podcast, and it's not going to stop anytime soon because it's essential for our wellness and is key to what I do as a coach. Some of my favorite chats include the one with Crystal Nurple about organizing a space you love, one of my first episodes with Tum Lucier, a Marie Kondo specialist, and a truly OG episode, episode number two on decluttering with my simple system. And I have to give honorable mention to one of my top downloaded episodes, Decluttering Through Delegation, that I recorded with my biz bestie Liz. So many good conversations about where clutter takes up space in our lives and what we can do about it. I've even talked about clutter in the Tackle Your To-Do List episode, which connects to today's topic, Decluttering Your Mind. The mind-clutter connection and the problems clutter causes is something I see daily with every client I meet, but my understanding of the connection has grown significantly through years of experience. I've seen more than my share of clutter since I began Positively Productive Systems in 2016, and crazy as it sounds, I've loved every minute of clearing it out and helping clients minimize, simplify, and start fresh. Doesn't that just sound so good? That's why I love to do it. From the moment I first stepped into a home, though, I have been fascinated with one specific aspect of clutter, and it's helping people declutter their minds and hearts, even amid the physical mess. Why? Because inside is where it all starts. What's inside is deeply connected to what's outside. The physical space reflects the clutter of the mind and vice versa, which is why I work with clients to ensure we clear physical and mental clutter. I love doing both, 
and still help my clients declutter their physical spaces, which is why I say we declutter inside and out. But I've come to realize that the clutter inside likely has a bigger impact, so we need to be sure we keep addressing it. Happiness and confidence deeply affect our productivity, which is why we must declutter the things that work against those, such as feelings of obligation or envy or lack of self-worth, which often leads to lack of self-care. Interestingly, when we tend to our emotional and mental wellness, physical decluttering and sorting becomes considerably easier. So that's a win-win. All right, let's get into it. How do you clear mental clutter? I have one single simple step that will change the game for you and your mental clutter. But first, we need to make sure we understand what it is. Peter Walsh says clutter isn't just the stuff on the floor. It's anything that gets in between you and the life you want to live. I love this definition because it makes you think about the life you want to live. That's where we need to start. Decluttering is sometimes mistakenly defined as getting rid of something, especially in the context of physical clutter. And especially if you've ever been like me and you've walked around the house with a garbage bag, just tossing things out in a rage cleaning fit. But that's another conversation for another time. Talking about getting rid of something is a problematic definition. Instead, I want you to think about decluttering as removing from a current space what doesn't fit belong, or serve you. And that can be removing temporarily. It can be removing to a different space, not just getting rid of. Now, when you combine those two, you can see a plan emerges. In order to declutter your mind properly, you need to identify the life you want to live, find what gets in the way of that, and figure out how to remove it. Okay, so mental clutter isn't like any of the other clutter. It's not tangible, and it can often disguise itself as something useful, productive, or required. It comprises a variety of things that make your mind feel like it's constantly revving its engine, but not engaging. Things like information overload, expectations, obligations, tasks, and negative feelings all create noise in our mind that drowns out our life. Mental clutter can look like, I should, I'm supposed to, I need to thoughts, which can take up a lot of space in your mind. Those very thoughts are double trouble because they can encourage you to hold on to physical clutter. You received a gift you don't want, but you should keep it, right? You're scared to put something out of sight because you're going to forget it. Mental clutter can also look like overwhelm of incomplete tasks. What was I supposed to be doing next? Uh, I'm not done and it's overdue. And other thoughts like that involving procrastination and the guilt and distraction that comes with it. It's not just the frustration expressed so much as how these thoughts carry through into other aspects of our lives. When we're trying to focus our attention elsewhere, they continue to nag us. They come with us everywhere and steal our ability to be present and mindful, which we just talked about in last week's episode. Mental clutter can look like way too many thoughts circling around because you're trying too hard to hold on to information that would be better off stored someplace else until you need it which I explain in my episode on three systems you need to organize your life, specifically the information management part. 
This is a good time to note that not all mental clutter is inherently bad in terms of its content. When you're a multi-passionate, a creator, an innovator, mental clutter is self-generating. Information overload can come from the excitement of research and ideas and networking that we do for all of those passion projects. That infinite resource of our brain and the ideas that come from it can create the clutter. I mean, that can be an amazing thing. It is a superpower, but the problem is that even the best things can act badly depending upon the environment. David Allen, the creator of the system Getting Things Done and the author of the book by the same name, reminds us that our minds are for creating, not holding information. That's not only a critical mantra for information overload, it's a good reminder to check how much our minds are holding. If you feel forgetful, overwhelmed, unable to process and to think straight, it's time to clear your mental clutter and also possibly get some sleep, eat some good food, do something you love. We'll get to that in a minute. But no matter what kind of mental clutter it is, there is one step you must take. And that step is write it down. David Allen refers to this as capture. You might call it list making. Many people say journaling, whatever it is, whether a task or a feeling you need to process, get it out of your head and into some kind of system for safekeeping. Think of it as transferring data, like clearing a hard drive, right? Once you do, your mind has space again to process things and stress less. Ironically, doing this allows you to better process what you want to do with those things that were taking up space in the first place. You can do this kind of capture whatever way feels best to you. Now, there are neurosensory benefits to the pen to paper approach. So even though I'm an iPad lover and I schedule all things digitally, I use Google Calendar and uh, Google uh, Gmail and uh, Google Drive for like everything, but I also still use a journal, a bullet journal style, and my favorite pen to write down ideas and thoughts, to write down gratitude and, and different things that I want to process through. For ones that I want to keep for a while, I use the Leuchtturm 1917 journal. It's in a beautiful teal color, and I like the Uniball Signo pen with a bold tip. Now, those sound very specific, but it makes the experience more pleasurable for me. And as you know, if you make it easy and pleasurable, you're going to want to do it. So it keeps the habit up. Now, if I'm trying to work out a structure like my podcast lineup, and I don't need to keep the last iteration, I use something like my rocket book. It still allows me to have that neurosensory experience of writing. I'm still writing out the thoughts, but I can upload them digitally, erase what I wrote and start over again. And just a quick note, if you're curious about any of these products that I mentioned or any of the book references that I make in the podcast, I've captured them on my favorites page on the website. So go to positivelyproductive.com slash favorites and you'll find all the things I've mentioned. My second recommendation, just as a bonus, I know we said one simple step, so writing it down is it, but the second recommendation, and it's another proven option, is to declutter your physical space. Remember how I said that the mental and physical spaces affect and reflect each other? It stands to reason that if you reduce the physical clutter, 
you'll be able to think better. I bet you can think of an example where that's happened to you. Do you work better when you clean up your desk? I know what the answer is. (laughs) How about when you reduce the things in and reorganize that closet space or a room where you wanted to create? Yeah, that decluttering, that reorganizing, that freshening, right? It changes your mental capacity and it energizes you, doesn't it? It draws you in and makes you feel lighter. That is the power of decluttering. Now, there are many more steps you can take, but it will depend on the type of clutter you're dealing with. And what I mean is more like a subtype of mental clutter. For example, if your mental clutter is leaning more toward the anxious and negative thought side, in addition to journaling, which is one of the most powerful things you can do to process that, you'll want to consider meditation, sleep, uh, which we've covered on the podcast That's with Molly McLaughlin. You may want to check out that episode if that's something that you're really lacking, because the quickest way for us to be in a bad mood is to not get enough sleep. You also want to challenge the negativity in your brain through questioning and also limit the negativity that's coming into you, the people you talk to, the resources you receive. That's kind of another form of decluttering in a way, right? Decluttering the types of people, the types of information that you allow to come in. Now, if your mental clutter is a bit more task-oriented, you'll want to use proper task management techniques in addition to information management. And in addition to the capture that we talked about collecting all of that, you'll create specific lists, prioritize what's to be done, and then schedule and track. If you're ready to try this first step today, something that can help you is a worksheet I use with my clients called the Focus File. You can download it for free as part of my toolkit for multi-passionates, which you'll find on the homepage of my website, positivelyproductive.com. And you can also find it through a link in my Instagram bio as well. Keep in mind, one of the quickest ways to fast track this process is to work through it with a coach. I help my clients with decluttering and designing as well as scheduling and tracking. Having someone versed in life coaching and productivity coaching can help you work through the various types of mental clutter and create the mental space for you to function at your best. Message me and I'd be happy to talk to you about coaching options. Now, if you're all about the DIY and also working on physical decluttering, you may want to check out the Positively Productive Resources Vault, which not only includes the worksheets and resources from the free toolkit, but also additional recordings and mini trainings and workbooks like Declutter and De-Stress with a Simple System. And you'll get all of this for a very special listener discount when you go to positivelyproductive.com slash vault and use the promo code podcast. As a final reminder, I love to hear from you. Message me anytime. Tell me, was this episode helpful? Do you have questions, ideas, and another topic for me to cover? I welcome your feedback and encourage your reviews to keep this podcast going. And as always, I am so grateful for your ears and your heart. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.